everyone, and welcome back into Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fantastic episode in store for you today. Joining us today, we have Robert Mountford, who plays Neil, the author of Caliban's Day, in the New York Times Critic Choice play, The Habit of Art, which is being presented by Original Theater, playing now through May 28th at 59E59 Theaters. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting 59E59.org. This is a show that's part of their Brits Off-Broadway series. It is a brilliant series, and the show is fantastic, very much deserving of the critics' pick. We thoroughly enjoyed the show. But I think this is the perfect time to go ahead and bring on our guest, Robert Mountford. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hello. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. This is incredible to have you to talk about this incredible show. I loved your role. I just wanted to like offer you a bottle of Tums or a Prozac or something. I felt like you were having a nervous breakdown half the show. It was amazing. But then I also loved the points you were making the entire show too, like fighting for that artistic integrity of the show. Um, as we were speaking before we started about putting the show into a into a box of a comedy or a drama or a what is it, I feel like it comes down to your character really helping to bridge that gap or dance between those two columns. And I'm sure our listeners out there are probably thinking, what the hell is he talking about? So why don't we start at the beginning with having you tell us a little bit about the show? Okay, well, The, the Habit of Art is a play written by Alan Bennett, and it, it started at the National Theatre in London in about 2010 um, under the directorship of Nick Heitner. And the idea of it was that well, Bennett wanted to write a play about an imagined meeting at the end of the lives of the great British poet W.H. Jordan and one of the 20th century's finest British composers, Benjamin Britten. They'd collaborated early in their careers and then they lost touch. But Alan Bennett wanted to imagine them back together as friends in, their, in, their, in the evening of their lives. So that was, that was the initial premise. And then as, as Alan Bennett discusses in an, in an interview, as he was developing the play, Nick Heitner kept throwing questions out and said, no, we don't need that. No, that's... And he realised that the, the making of the play was this struggle of what is the habit of art? What it, what it is literally, you know, creating a play, making it the wrestling you have to do to get it into shape, to make it fit for the stage, to make it understandable and entertaining for an audience. And so with all these sort of criticisms and notes he was getting from Nick Heitner, he thought, do you know what, I'm just going to write myself into the play. And so, so he frames the Auden Britain dialogue as a play within a play. So, there is a, so now there's a, a whole company of actors with stage manager and, as he mentioned, an angsty writer called Neil, who were in the rehearsal room for what is going to be called Caliban's Day, a play called Caliban's Day. So that's it. I mean, that's a, a broad nutshell. I was saying it's very hard to package it in 10 words because it's such a sprawling roller coaster. And there's times where it gets very honed in to the, to the actual subject matter, which is the Auden-Britain relationship. But it also bursts out of itself with all the petty rivalries, tensions, defences of, of being an artist at work. 
<laughs> yes. So you mentioned that this play started at the National in 2010. How did you come upon this work? So it, it, it had a very successful run at the National Theatre, and then it sort of disappeared for, 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 for some time. And then an innovative company called Original Theatre Company from, from the UK, and they're known for touring, and then during the pandemic became known for a, a great online programme of, of events they put on uh, to try and keep theatre audiences satiated while the theatres were closed. They decided that they wanted to tour it, and Alan Bennett gave them the rights to, to do so. So that's how that came about, how the production came about. For me getting the job, I mean, this really is theatrical happenstance or serendipity, but I was actually walking into my old drama school where I'd sometimes direct and or, or talk to the students. And as I was going in there, I said hi to an old teacher of mine who happened to be talking to a very distinguished theatre director and actor called Philip Franks. And apparently the teacher said, oh, you want to work with him, <laughs> meaning me. And so that's how I got into it. So Philip Franks called me into an audition the next week and, 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 and now my relationship with the habit of art began. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it didn't happen as much as you'd think, but I was delighted with that bit of luck. <laughs> and what has it been like developing this show, particularly the role of Neil? Well, I think, you know, I think anyone who's, who's, who's worked in a creative and collaborative way, you know, you, it's, it's always a navigation and a negotiation of how, how we can get the best out of it. And, and hopefully without falling out when artistic temperaments boil over. But I suppose having, having written a bit as well, I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I really associated with Neil and that it's his baby, you know, the Caliban's day play, play within the play. And, you know, the amount of time, work, research that writers put into any project, you know, it's baffling. And then to have an actor turn up on day one, having read a, the Wikipedia entry about the subject matter, <laughs> saying, oh, yes, he did this and this. I know. I've read a whole library of books around this subject. So I kind of really felt for him, you know, with all these, all the squabbles that go about about the text, saying, no, I'm a writer. I've battled for every line. And so fighting that So I really associated with that. And so, so once you've got something to, to cling on to, everything else sort of looks after itself. So for me, the, you know, Caliban's day is the precious play, this script, this baby. And anyone else who wants to hurt my baby, I'm going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> What is the message or the thought you're hoping that the audience will leave with? Well, I mean, it's a very, it's a far-reaching play. I mean, I, for me, I, I think it's an insight into, into the creative process itself, and going away with not only the, the work that goes into creating something that hopefully people will find engaging, but also the feeling that. It is racked with doubt and worry, concern, how it will be perceived, how you will be perceived. And, and that affects the, you know, not only the real lives of Auden and Britain, you know, the habit of art. This is them at the, in the evening of their lives, wondering, you know, is their best work behind them, but they can't stop working because it's in their bones. Is this going to be their lasting legacy or will be they remembered be only for what they did when they were young people, you, you know, it's racked with guilt. 
there's also, you know, deep, deep, serious subjects, you know, are brought up in it as well. You know, it raises questions on on the, the, the council culture and, you know, an, an artist going into, you know, there's a line in it somewhere that says, you know, what about the fodder of art? All the people who are used or abused that does make some artists create the work they do that takes us to places we never you know we never thought about before so it does so it's it's far reaching so it's again it's i'm finding it hard to put in a nutshell what i want people to take away i suppose from what i've said i want them to go away and and think and hopefully keep thinking and the things will pop up in a week's time in a month's time <laughs> yeah my final question for this first part is who do you hope have access to the show well, I think uh, I think it's I think it really is for everyone. But then I'm bound to say that, aren't I? Come on, everyone! Come. On. <laughs> I, I, I really think it's I think it's an, for those who are interested in the artistic process, who 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 are interested in theatre, music, anything to do with creativity. And I, I think it really raises in in an entertaining and thought provoking way the processes behind such creations and the personalities behind it. So I really, I, so I, I mean, it's, I mean, the, the, there's one that's argument that says it might point to an older demographic purely because of the subject matter of Auden and Benjamin Britten, who, you know, both passed away in the 1970s. So there's something of that kind of old, old world school of intellectual thought and even, you know, intellectual cliques of the, of the 30s and 40s. However, because it's set within the play within a play, I think it's for anyone who's interested in watching people battle out and defend what they think is worthy to be seen by, a, by a, an audience. I want to now give our audience a chance to get to know you a little bit more. And you are truly one of my more fascinating guests. I, I'm loving this conversation. So I want to start by asking you, what inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows inspire you or are some of your favorites? Oh, wow. Well, I, I, I have a very eclectic taste. So I'm influenced by everyone from Lawrence Olivia to John Cooper Clark. You know, I like <laughs> I like punk and I like rock and roll and I like blues. I like classical music and I like avant-garde theatre and I like classical Shakespeare done traditionally as well as being creative. So my influences are everyone, everyone who touches or reaches me. There was a writer I wrote with once and he said, well, you know, I go and see so much theatre now that if it makes me think twice and laugh once, I've had a good night. <laughs> oh my gosh i love that quote but i think even in even in plays that aren't or, or in theater that, that that might not hit the marks you you'd hope to do there is something to take away I and mean, for me that's what art is if it's you know you might go and see a play that's been panned by every critic and you'll take something from it that they might not have got for their newspaper and you say oh god but did you that's a really interesting concept and i just think there's something to be found in everything yes Speaking of theater, though, seeing theater, have you seen any theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I, there's lots. 
there's lots I want to see and lots that people should see. I mean, shouldn't say, I mean, I don't want to sound like that. I've been really busy. <laughs> so, I, so I haven't had a chance to get much of what I could. But, you know, I saw a beautiful production of Watch on the Rhine at the Donmar Warehouse. I saw a fantastic version of Richard II at Guildford Shakespeare Company in south of London. So there's lots going on. There's lots coming in as well that I really... Oklahoma, the, the musical Young Vic, is meant to be a astounding so i'm so there's lots of things on my on my hit list this summer if they're still in town by the time i get back i mean there's just so much going on all the time and i mean obviously you've got and it's not just in the big west end theaters you know london throughout the south in fact up and down the country despite all the funding being taken away from theaters the, the creativity you know i just think it's a normal thing as an artist that when the chips are down you work even harder because you've still got to survive, still got to create the habit of art. <laughs> you just got to keep producing. And at the moment, the body of work that's coming in is so exciting. All these new companies popping up, great fringe venues all over the country, but, you know, notably in places like studio theatres like German Street, Hampstead Park, Richmond Orange Tree. There's just theatres everywhere and above pubs, below pubs, in all these little nooks and crannies that, and that's where the juice is it's like a, a year-long edinburgh festival really <laughs> yes well speaking of things that are amazing <laughs> what is your favorite part about working in the theater oh gosh my favorite part about work when it's i mean it's all it's, it's the people you meet it's the people you get to work with and create with i mean you know there's it's you meet some of the most intelligent, talented, creative. It's, it's, I, it's just, it's always challenging. It's always expanding your own knowledge and viewpoints on all sorts of subject matters as well as the people. For example, last, so in, in the last year, I performed in a play about the death of Socrates, British comedian Spike Milligan, <laughs> and, and, or British Irish comedian Spike Milligan. And, and and this about W.H. Jordan and Benjamin Britten. So I think it's just the the, the vast areas of knowledge you're exposed to and experience. That's amazing. <laughs> I love all that. Yeah. And now we've arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? And I have a couple. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Okay, this is so the first ones as a punter, and 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 I've got to say this because this is what got made me excited about theatre, and I it, I was about three. It was one of my really earliest memories, and there was you know I was growing up in the seventies, so in, in, in early eighties, so there was lots of strikes and hardship and <laughs> not unfamiliar territory. But there was a, a fundraiser at the local church and. And I can't remember much about the performances, but at one stage, the local vicar jumped up on stage wearing a tutu and uh, a huge um, pink wig or green wig or something and did a very silly camp song. And I, I, was, I burst my sides laughing and that was as, a, as an infant. And from then on, I just kind of, you know, every spare penny my mum and dad had I said right can we go to the theatre now can we go to the theatre so I've got to say that that moment is one of my favourite moments in theatre the second one is not really an acting story 
but it is still one of my favourite moments working in theatre. And it was a wonderful British actor called John McHenry, who, in fact, played Mercutio in the movie of Zeff- you know, Zeffirelli's movie of Romeo and Juliet. But he was playing Jayquees at the Globe, which was in the early years of the Globe Theatre under South Bank. And I, I, I hadn't worked there. But we were having a, a drink and a chat, and he suddenly... And I don't think you'd be able to get away with it now, but it was about 11 o'clock at night, the theatre was dark, and he said, oh, come in with me, Rob. And he took me backstage into the Globe and onto the Globe stage itself in the middle of the night <laughs> with no one else there inside or outside the theatre. It was a bright summer's night, so the stars were shining in the Globe. And he, and he was also from my city of Birmingham, and he just sort of said, go on, son, have a blast. And so I just stood on the stage and did a Shakespeare pitch to me, John, and the moon. It was lovely. So that's my favourite, probably, uh, theatre experience. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is amazing. That is <laughs> Both of those are incredible. First, I love that you told the story of how you got the theatre bug, but then telling that amazing story of getting to be in, have the entire Globe Theatre to yourself in just like that perfect setting. That's incredible. Wow. Special, special moment. Thank you for sharing those. That's amazing. I have to ask, did you you recite lines on that stage or did you just take it all in? Oh, oh, no, no, I did. I did all the world's a stage. Which was, which was bold of me, because that was the part that John was actually playing at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, oh, yeah, you, you go ahead, you do that. Oh, I should have done that. <laughs> Are there any other projects or productions that you have coming up that we might be able to plug for you? There's a few in the pipeline, but it's too soon for me to announce. My next gig, I'm teaching, I'm doing a Shakespeare summer school, I think, at, at my old drama school, RADA. In central London, so I'll be doing that. And is there anything else in the pipeline? Well, who knows? Maybe I'll even get my solo show over to New York. That would be fun. Here's hoping. And while we want to know more about the solo show, we want to keep tabs on that. This is a perfect segue for my final question, which is if our listeners want more information about the habit of art or about you, perhaps they'd like to get in contact with you, how can they do so? Oh, well, well, about the, about the habit of art, I would thoroughly recommend going on, well, the, on the E59, 59E59 website that you mentioned at the start, I think. And Worth checking out the original theatre company. I think they're .co.uk, or they might be .com, but original theatre company. And, and, and they have the, 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 the production company that's doing Habit of Art, and they've got you know, an incredible range of, of online shows as well as solo shows, as well as you know, larger cast touring productions like The Habit of Art. Um, so it's worth checking them out. In terms of contacting me, well, I've never really thought about that because I, I wouldn't give out my personal details and I don't have a website because I'm very old fashioned. I'm on Facebook, Facebook under my name, Robert Mountford. So we can be friends on Facebook. Perfect. <laughs> well, Robert, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with me about 
this amazing New York Times critic pick show and sharing your amazing thoughts and memories. This is this has been amazing. I really appreciate it. It's been such an honor. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me and having the best time in New York. What a city. Fantastic. Oh, thank so you. glad you're here. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks a million. Cheers. My guest today has been the actor Robert Mountford, who's playing Neil, the author of Caliban's Day, in original theater's presentation of The Habit of Art, playing now through May 28th at 59E59 Theatres. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting 59E59.org, and you are going to want to get your tickets right away. It's a critic's pick. Tickets are going fast. We are loved this show you will not be disappointed by it so hit up that website 59e59.org and get your tickets now for the habit of art so until next time i'm andrew cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones unwrap your candies and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper thank you If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.